up, everybody? Welcome back to the TCS Podcast. Today we have Bobby Ratchford, and we're interested to hear a lot about his expansive background, not only in just digital assets, but also in biosciences. Bobby, I normally do a robust introduction on our guests, but yours is way different than what we've had here before, and I, I want everyone to hear it from you. Awesome. Yeah, no, I'd be happy to, to share that introduction. And, and Dominic, before I get started, a big thank you to you and the TCS team. We're going to get into this in, in a little bit here, but you guys are a huge part of something that I've been putting together for a long time called Ethereum Chicago. Uh, so before we get started, I do have to say a, a big thank you to, to you and the TCS team, not only for the support you've been doing on East Chicago, but also for having me here today to speak about digital assets and kind of the future of blockchain. Of course, Bobby. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, no. Seriously, the, the the thank you is all aimed at you guys. It's it's awesome to see what you guys are doing, not only for East Chicago but for the space. And and, and we'll get into that. But very quickly, uh, a quick introduction on myself. So, Bobby Rashford. Uh, I kind of live currently two lives, uh, but I'm very quickly shifting more towards uh, my second life, which is the the blockchain digital asset side, which we'll get to. Uh, but my primary journey through my professional career so far has been focused on, uh, just like Dominic said, the, the life sciences industry. So I have a, a master's degree in biostatistics, which is the field aimed at merging statistical sciences and biological sciences together to help prove that new drugs are safe and effective. I currently lead a team of statisticians and programmers to collect data, organize data, analyze the data, and then communicate with the FDA to prove that the new drugs are safe and effective or to prove that they don't work and that they should not be approved. Uh, and this is an awesome uh, opportunity for me. I really love what me and my team are able to do in terms of keeping patients safe, helping improve patients' life, lives and, and their overall safety. Uh, however, it is very difficult in terms of data architecture and making sure that all of the regulations, because it's a highly regulated field, all the regulations are followed and that data is able to be traced back and can be viewed as trustworthy. So a lot of my time is spent looking at data architecture structures, making sure that all the data we collect is traceable, auditable. We can prove without a reasonable doubt that no one has tampered with the data. And that led me to my second life, which is now uh, actively pursuing and actively helping to facilitate the growth of the blockchain industry. So in 2014, 2015, learned about Bitcoin. And unfortunately, I, I, I was a lot younger back then. Obviously, we all were. But I was very naive and kind of, you know, heard about Bitcoin. Oh, it's with Silk Road. It's this uh, kind of black market thing. And just immediately said, no, I don't want to look at that. I was, right. I was not open to it, which was a complete mistake. And I, I kicked myself every day for that. But luckily, only a couple years later, 2017, I learned about Ethereum. And so I took a deep dive into, okay, what are digital assets? What, what are tokens? Let me learn more about this. And I, I came to realize that it's much more than just a new form of currency. What it really is doing is solving the copy and paste problem that exists on the internet. And I came to realize this in 2017. And so now that we can solve the copy and paste problem where I can say, this is truly a unique digital item 
Whereas before, I, I couldn't do that. If I gave you a copy, there, there'd be no way of knowing whose original copy was correct. Now, Satoshi, through the white paper, and then Ethereum building upon that with smart contracts, we've solved the copy and paste problem. And a light bulb goes off in my head in terms of, oh my goodness, I've been working on this data architecture problem. I've been working on this traceability problem within the life sciences sector. Ethereum and what they're doing might be something that my industry can leverage for the better to really amplify clinical research and to get new drugs to market, get new safer uh, methodologies out there for best practices within the hospitals. And so from 2017 until now, I've been every spare moment that I have outside of my day job goes towards uh, family, of course, but then also looking into what are the new technological advancements within blockchain? What industries is this going to impact? And from 2017, 2018, 2019, I slowly became 100% convinced that this technology will impact every single industry in one way or another, either through providing greater transparency, greater trust, or coming up with a completely new business model for how things can be done, just like TCS is doing for the freight industry. Right. Uh, and so all throughout this time, I'm thinking to myself, how can I get involved in this space? My day job is very time consuming. It's, it's, it takes a lot of work to run this team, which is, again, very rewarding. I love it to death. But I do want to see this, uh, this new technology implemented, not only in my industry, but in other industries for the better. Because, and this is very unfortunate, a majority of what we're seeing so far in the media around blockchain, around cryptocurrency, can be viewed as negative. There have been a lot of bad actors in the space so far, and that's any new technology that you're going to see, any new, any new item that's brought to market. There will be bad actors, and we're certainly seeing this in this space. And I want to be a positive light, more so on the, yes, okay, there are bad actors that can take this technology and use it for incorrect ways, but there are very good applications. There are very good use cases of this technology. And so what I've been doing in my spare time has been to organize webinars, IRL meetups, uh, join podcasts, join conferences, helping to speak about truly what this technology is and how it can be leveraged for the better. And this has all culminated today to where I am one of the core team members of this very large conference called Ethereum Chicago or ETH Chicago for short. And this is going to be a three-day hackathon slash conference focused not on cryptocurrencies and not on NFTs, but on bridging the gap, on taking blockchain technology and aiming it at real-world problems and providing real-world solutions. And that is absolutely me in a nutshell. That is my core mission statement, to take blockchain technology and ensure that it's used properly to solve problems that exist today in a new, decentralized, transparent way. Uh, and that's why I'm very excited to be here today as well, because TCS is, in my opinion, one of the absolute best examples or case studies of taking the technology and not using it to create a meme coin or using it to create NFTs but using it to solve a problem that has plagued a trillion dollar industry forever and actually putting that solution forward and taking that industry forward. So uh, that is 
a very long summary of who no, I am. No, that's great. Where I started. That's, that's perfect, Bobby. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was awesome. Thank you. Um, so many great talking points to take out of that. And I actually <laughs> just really like how elegantly you explained the solving the copy and paste problem. And that's sort of the impetus of Ethereum and Bitcoin and at its core, what it was designed to do. A lot of people overcomplicate what these networks do, but they're really just global ledgers that keep track of everything and are constantly keeping people honest. Um, and, and that's just, I really like how you saw, how you describe it as solving the, the copy and paste problem. But yeah, we're, we're riddled in this industry with folks who are building um, solutions to problems that don't exist, right? They've taken this wonderful technology, not, not everybody, definitely not everybody, but there's a lot of, or the loudest minority takes this technology and puts it in ways that are generally not really solving any issues. Um, and they promote lots of online gambling and, and speculation and NFTs, which are cool in their own right. They have cool applications. Um, there's a lot of cool real world applications that NFTs can be used for. Um, and we can dive further into that as the conversation goes. Uh, that said, Ichikago is really interesting. That's a really interesting kind of culmination of, of your journey leads to this uh, really intensive and, and logistically complicated <laughs> in real life uh, community that you're building that, that comes around this, these problem solved and, and ETH. Um, tell us a little bit more about what it takes to get something like this logistically to happen. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I appreciate that question. I appreciate you recognizing that because I'll be honest with you. When I started it, I, I, not, not that I started it. I, I certainly was brought in from the founders to, to become a core team member. But when I started with the team, I, I did not appreciate how much, how much logistic go, uh, goes into hosting a three-day conference and hackathon. Um, but I'll tell you, what it takes is uh, belief. I think that the, and, and which is very funny to speak about because I think that belief is what it takes to get blockchain off the ground as well at this point. Um, but it, it takes a core group, uh, a couple of guys and gals to get together, truly believe that what we are doing is worth doing and that we can do it ourselves. And then we have to go out there and get support. So belief and then support. And so specifically, my, my job, my kind of core role on the Ethereum Chicago team has been to help lead and manage the partnerships uh, side of things. So I've been out there knocking on doors, uh, and, and we're a very distinct uh, blockchain-based conference where most blockchain-based conferences like ETH Denver, Bitcoin Miami, focused on... The, the cryptocurrency focused on the developers building things like DeFi platforms, which are great. The, absolutely, those are needed. That is a fundamental staple for what this industry has become and what, what it's been able to do so far. But Ethereum Chicago is trying to differentiate ourselves by going after traditional businesses who maybe have not explored blockchain technology. So I'm out there talking to supply chain and logistics companies. I'm out there talking to uh, verification or attestation companies who could leverage or who could benefit from uh, blockchain technology and, and asking them to partner with us to come and say, hey, you don't take advantage of this technology yet, but you maybe could benefit from it. And I think it's worth your time if you come in 
And you don't have to speak. You don't have to have a booth or anything. Just attend, learn about the technology, learn about the growth that we're seeing in terms of what's actually possible to do with this technology. And that, that support is critical to get this three-day, 600-plus person conference slash hackathon off the ground and, and put together. And so smart. Not, thank you. And, and that's not even beginning to talk about the actual logistics of how do we get computers there? How many screens can we have? Right? Like that takes an army of individuals who, again, believe and can draw up additional support. So we're very happy to uh, like announce and kind of shout out to the world that East Chicago is a 100% community-driven event. Nobody's getting paid for this thing. This is completely a, and honestly, this is one of our core mission statements as well. This blockchain technology is so hot on the coasts. Everyone talks about new tech, Silicon Valley, New York, right. Miami. The Midwest is, we're builders, man. We Everybody just gets down here and puts our heads down, especially in the wintertime, and we're, we're chugging along. And there's a lot of good blockchain developers and there's a lot of good traditional businesses that could benefit from partnering with those blockchain developers in such a way that new new business models are formed new ways of tracking shipping and logistics new ways of anything really we really want to give a spotlight for the midwest and allow us to kind of shine on the on the blockchain industry stage so i know your initial question was about what does it take to, to set this thing up coming back to that Belief in the technology, which I think is very much there, belief in each other, and then support from the community, which has come out in spades. It's been unbelievable, the support we've seen, not only from the blockchain development side, but also from the traditional business side, all the way from mom and pop shops who are just interested in, hey, can I get a cool royalty rewards uh, program generated right. from blockchain, all the way up to very large companies that are in the supply chain and logistics uh, standpoint or in the healthcare space. So we are very fortunate for the support we've seen. That's fantastic. I I really think it's so smart the way that you're going about it from an educational side, because these most of these conferences, um, anybody who hasn't seen it, normally when these conferences are happening, and if you're on crypto Twitter, you'll see all types of wild things happening, all types of um, robust clubbing events and things that are just like riddled with um, folks who have tons of money from early crypto phases and and DeFi and NFT. And then there's these NFT platforms who've raised way too much money than they should have in 2021. And they're basically flashing it in these real world events. Whereas you guys are taking a step back and saying, let's get normal people here. Let's get real folks who actually provide economic growth in the real world and let's explain to them what this could mean for their business which is m way more of a traditional conference route but has not really been applied to digital assets yet so i just want to take a step back and say kudos to you guys that is absolutely brilliant and that's what the space needs because the space does need real world applications with real economic driving forces so getting it in front of people who have existing businesses and explaining to them ways that they can apply this to their companies is absolutely brilliant. And that's what first got me into digital assets in the like around when you did in 2013, 14, it was not from a speculative perspective. It was more from just the velocity of payment that could happen mm. on Bitcoin, Rails, Ethereum wasn't really around yet, but 
I was really fascinated with Bitcoin Rails. So I just want to take a step back and say, uh, that's brilliant the way that you guys are going to basically take folks who already have businesses and say, look, here's maybe 10 ways you can apply it to your business. And even if you don't want to, at least you know they exist. Absolutely. And, and we think that, so this, is, this will be the first ever Ethereum Chicago, but we think that this is a long play. We think that year one, just get the word out there, drum up some interest. We don't expect you know, companies to, to just immediately uh, ingest of the technology and, and be off to the races. But we do see this as an educational, long-term play to ensure that the Midwest specifically, but, but all of blockchain, moves not, not necessarily completely away from what it's been doing. Again, I, I believe that DeFi absolutely has a place and is needed to help uh, further the, just the financial capabilities of the, of the world. But we want to kind of start to wake people up and say, hey, this technology has matured to a point where it now can solve a lot of these real world problems. Whereas before, maybe there were some privacy concerns or there were some scalability concerns. You were talking about Bitcoin Rails and how that number has just continued to go up uh, thanks to Ethereum and other layer twos that we can now ensure payments are timely and accurate and, and can go through without gas fees being a concern. All of this has matured. Let's start getting the word out and hopefully over time, the developers can start aiming this amazing new hammer that we have at some of these nails that have been sticking out like sore thumbs for years uh, in the economy. That's exactly it. It's a tool and yeah. folks should get interested in beginning to use it. And it's important to understand that this technology can be used without it being speculative. You don't have to buy highly speculative assets. You can just use the rails, even if it's in a private setting or even if it's not in a decentralized setting, you can run a centralized system for a company that could make your operation run better. Absolutely, and so, and that's a that's a great debate and a great topic about private versus public. But I, I do agree that uh, while I, I want to make it clear, public blockchains I think are the end all be all. I do think that that's the way to go at the end of the day. However, where we are now is, in order to use a public blockchain, a lot of uh, concerns around transparency are present. It's just the, the nature of the way that this technology works that allows me to solve the copy and paste problem is, okay, everybody has to see, everybody has to agree. So it's tough to get large players to be on a public blockchain currently because of privacy issues, but that's being solved through ZK rollups or optimistic rollups, whatever the case may be. We are moving towards a world where public blockchains will dominate, I believe. That's my personal opinion. I, I think we you're right too. By the way, I, I am a decentralized, not, I'm not a decentralized maxi, <laughs> but I do like decentralized applications. Um, that said, there is definitely going to be a, a phase, and I think we're in it, where yeah. we need to basically come into working towards ETH as a settlement layer. 100%. And to give you an example of my industry from life sciences, and, and actually it kind of, this, this does move into uh, supply chain and logistics as well, kind of. Within, within the life sciences, there are today large pharma players that use blockchain technology on a private network to track shipments of new drugs across state lines because that's very regulated. That's very heavily scrutinized and, and for good reason. 
uh, but they are able to put their vendors, their, they bring their vendors into this private little blockchain ecosystem. And now everybody in that private ecosystem is sharing the same data, whereas before everybody had to have their own ERP system. And if I was on my game and I was uh, updating my ledger, but company X wasn't, now those two systems are disjointed and there's no way for us to talk and there's no way for us to truly know who has drug in which state uh, or which country for that matter. Now with these large pharma companies, they can kind of bring in these vendors and say, everybody get on my private blockchain and now we're all sharing the same data and now we can all track and say, where did that drug go? Why was this? Why, why are subjects who take this drug getting sick? Is there an issue with our manufacturing? And they can track and trace that uh, batch to which manufacturing plant and maybe they can go through and see, oh yeah, we're, we're making this formulation wrong at this site. We should make this, uh, this updated. So we are absolutely in this phase of uh, private blockchains are usable, they're useful, and they're, they're a great stepping stone towards what I see as a much larger, more cohesive network of everybody really sharing data and making sure that all of the ledgers are balanced all the time. It's, it's going to be a, a huge boon for efficiencies across all sectors. So, Bobby, at East Chicago, as a guest, what type of panelists can people expect to hear from? Yeah, that's a good question. So we have, I, I don't have the official numbers yet because we're still going through and we're still kind of uh, accepting some last minute uh, panel discussions or talks because they keep coming in there. Each one is like, oh, my God, this is a great talk. This is amazing. Um, but we it's have, a good problem to have. It's an amazing problem to have, but it's kind of like last minute now, right? Like at the conference, sure. for those of you who don't know, it's September 15th, 16th, and 17th uh, in the Willis Tower in downtown Chicago. And I'll put um, all that in the show notes, Bobby. And in the introduction, we'll have that as well. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, and so throughout this three-day conference and, ha and hackathon, there's kind of five distinct tracks on the, on the conference side. Uh, and those are legal and policy, traditional business, finance, creative, which is kind of like uh, artists and social media influencers, and then uh, just developers. So those five distinct tracks all have uh, keynote speakers, individual uh, talks, workshops, panel discussions, and to kind of give you a high level of each of them. For the policy, the legal and policy and finance, or the legal and policy one, really focused on getting some high up ranking officials to come in and speak on what is the future of this industry within the United States specifically, but also throughout the globe, what do we think, where do we think this is going? Because there has been a lot of questions, a lot of concerns around what I believe is a lack of regulatory support for this industry. Uh, and not only for financial industry, but for all of industry in terms of how can we use blockchain to secure the food supply chain, things like this. So you can expect to see talks, panels, workshops within that uh, track, totally focused on what is the future of regulation for this space. Within traditional business, it is primarily what you and I spoke about earlier, Dominic, education. This is what blockchain is. This is how it works. This is what you could potentially do with it. And though that last category, I'm incredibly proud of, incredibly excited for, because we have real companies coming in and giving real use cases. And the one I have to highlight, obviously, is TCS. 
we have a huge panel discussion planned uh, with TCS and some other key players in the freight industry to join that panel. And I believe your representative is Todd Ziegler, your CEO. So yep. we have the heavy hitters from TCS coming on and some heavy hitters from other industries, uh, from other companies within the industry as well to talk about the blending of blockchain and supply chain. How has it, what did it take to get us to where we are today? Where are we today and where are we going in the future? That I think is a, a staple to that traditional business track. Uh, next is finance. There we have guys uh, and gals coming in to talk about where DeFi is, where DeFi is likely going, and a lot of the technological advancements that we've seen to make that uh, kind of architecture work smoother. Uh, then the next one is the creatives. That's more about how you can leverage blockchain to um, grow your brand or incentivize your followers and help them become part of your journey as a creative, as a social media influencer. And then finally, the developers, that's completely technical, very much diving deep into what are the next technological advancements, how can we leverage those, and what should we be paying attention to. All of that being said, that conference side of things, those five distinct tracks are going on at the same time as a hackathon. And for those of you who don't know what a hackathon is, basically it's a it's a, it's a giant room that everybody gets together in and problems are flashed up on, on a board. Uh, so a, an example, going back to my earlier discussions around the types of partners we have within East Chicago, a mom and pop shop has partnered, a mom and pop coffee shop has partnered with East Chicago to put up what we call a bounty or a problem uh, that will flash on the board. And then the hackers work to build a product or a uh, minimum viable product, an MVP, to solve that problem. And the example here is build me a very uh, simple and easy to use loyalty rewards program that will incentivize the local community around that mom and pop shop to come into the mom and pop shop and purchase coffee, purchase baked goods, whatever the case may be. And they work and they turn, the hackers turn for three days to build an MVP. And at the end of the hackathon, that mom and pop shop will judge the different solutions that were provided, the different MVPs that were produced, and one team will be awarded a monetary award, and then the mom and pop shop might go into business with those developers right. to actually bring that further into fruition. So long-winded way of saying it's a huge thing that we have, and there's a, lot, right. there's a little bit of something for everybody, I, I hope. That's so cool, especially the bounty in regards to the coffee shop um, yeah. loyalty program MVP. Um, I'm really interested to actually hear how that goes. And I'm actually interested to hear, um, now, Bobby, it's ETH Chicago, but uh, the folks who are building this, can they use any blockchain that they want? Yes. And that's a great question and a great clarifying point. You're, you're spot on. Any blockchain. Uh, we, we've named ourselves ETH Chicago. That's kind of like the naming convention for a lot of these larger conferences like ETH Denver. But we are in no way tied to Ethereum as it being the only blockchain. Uh, we are supported by the Ethereum Foundation, absolutely. But we uh, are interested in, we have some Solana developers coming. We have some uh, other Layer 2 uh, developers coming as well. So any and all blockchains, absolutely welcome to East Chicago. Awesome. Yeah, that, that's so cool. And, and the reason why I asked that is just because when you're talking about folks who are just going in to get coffee, they're going to need the most simple to use mm. blockchain mm. applications. Um, and that's part of the battle that we're all facing in this space is that the user experience is gotten a lot better, but it's just not quite where it needs to be yet for where anybody can just pick up their phone and begin to basically transact on the blockchain as simply as they would 
if they were splitting a Venmo bill or um, yeah. at dinner, right? And I, I believe we're pretty close to being there, but there are certainly some applications who do it better than others. Um, now, as far as the TCS panel goes, going to do a little bit of, of selfish self-promotion here. We've got Justin Martin from FreightWaves, who's a prominent social media figure. Um, Justin's also just a friend of mine and an all-around cool dude. Um, and he looks like he belongs in the trucking industry. He's got the kick-ass beard and he's just nice. robust and very energetic. And he's going to be a, a fantastic guy to have on the stage hosting, hosting the panel um, and moderating the panel. So should be super excited to have him. Um, that said, he's followed up with another very robust figure, Michael Lombard, who just encapsulates what trucking is. I mean, he's got a Route 84 tattoo right on his forearm. He looks the part. Um, he is a, a truck driver and, and just really is just a truck driver through and through. So he also has just got a very infectious personality and, and is really, really proud of what TCS podcaster. stands for. And he's a podcaster. Yeah. Um, he's a podcaster. He's a fitness guy. He's really into promoting truck drivers to, to be fit and to take care of themselves. And it's a really amicable thing that he takes time out to do. Um, and then lastly, we've got Brandon, who is actually a user of TCS and has used TCS in the past to settle freight. Brandon Hyatt is the founder of a company called Sheepdog. They, they move what are called hot shots. So the smaller trailers you see pulled by pickup trucks mm. that are moving uh, lighter weight freight, whether it be cars, um, sometimes they move like lighter weight cargo that doesn't really fit into a trailer. Uh, but Brandon's actually been a user of TCS. So it'll be cool for folks to witness sort of the entire process of TCS and actually seeing a customer who's touched and used the product. This is not vaporware. This is not just an idea. This is something that's actually happened. Nice. Yes. And, and that is just absolute, that embodies what East Chicago is trying to do. Like, please show me a real world use case of how this technology makes a difference for the better. And, and we cannot be more excited to have those folks on the, on the TCS panel. It's definitely kind of a, we've kind of uh, really drummed up a lot of interest around this. Uh, and I think a lot of the developers are, who have spent a lot of their time in the DeFi world or in the crypto world are very interested to see and will be motivated by this uh, kind of viewpoint of, oh, there are a bunch of nails sticking out. Let me go take my hammer and, and point to it. Brilliant. Right. I mean, it's a true real world application that will solve problems for just so many folks. And it's actually solving problems that we didn't know it would solve um, when it was first being built. For example, there's a, an issue in freight called double brokering. And basically, Bobby, double brokering is when a Let's kind of take a step back. Brokers take loads from carriers and, sorry, brokers take loads from shippers and they find carriers, actual trucking company owners or owner operators to move the freight. And sometimes you'll have carriers who will take loads from brokers, but they'll act as a carrier. They're not actually a carrier. Then they will resell the load mm. and act as a middleman to actually bring it to a carrier double broker and it's called double brokering and it's illegal but it's really really difficult to enforce because there's so many moving parts it's really not that regulated brokers brokers are not regulated 
in the transportation space. Trucking is very regulated. We have to be by the DOT guidelines. There's all types of paperwork that needs to be filled out constantly. There's all types of audits. Sometimes the DOT will audit your trucking fleet, even if you've done nothing wrong. Highly regulated. That said, brokerages are not regulated at all. So the double brokering issue is a problem that TCS can help solve. I won't say it will fully solve it, but it can help solve double brokering in a way that when it was built, that was really never considered. Yeah. So brokers don't have to KYC. We call it KYC in the, tra- uh, in, in the crypto space. And that is knowing who your customer is. So when you sign up for Coinbase or when you sign up for some sort of um, regulated product in the United States, financially, obviously you have to give them all your information. You have to give them your license. You have to tell them where you live. Sometimes they want to know your social security number. What they're really doing is building a customer profile. So if you are a bad actor or you do anything crazy or you choose not to pay your taxes, they're going to know exactly who you are. Whereas in the brokerage space, you really don't have to go through that process to resell a load because you can resell a load from outside the country. Mm. There's really no saying. So with blockchain technology, we can't fully solve it, but it's part of the tool belt to solve it. For example... If somebody is using a freshly minted wallet and you could see it has no transactions in the past and they are brokering a load to you, well, we can at least throw up a red flag and say, hey, this wallet might be from an IP address that's not where they're playing to be. Now, you could argue, is that really decentralized if we know where your IP address is? Well, this is a transportation product. Yeah. We're not. We're we're looking for people to have a great user experience and to know who their customer is. So, IP address maybe in a country that's um, got a history of double brokering. And additionally, there's no transaction history going through this wallet. Are you sure that you want to transact with this wallet? Just letting you know. And that doesn't exist in its how it stands today. And these are just more applications that as you're kind of peeling the onion back that you're finding, you can solve problems in businesses using this technology. I I love that. I love that. And I think it speaks to probably what, in my opinion, is, I don't want to say the greatest because there's so many out there, but one of the best benefits or value adds that blockchain uh, networks provide, and that is attestation. So attestation is where you are saying, hey, I'm in a network of people and we can all attest that we are all good actors. And as soon as a bad actor enters and does something wrong, then the network can say, hey, this this wallet was not correct. This, they did something wrong. We are going to uh, attest them out. And so now you've cleaned up the network and you can you can maintain to, to or you can continue to maintain a healthy network this way. And you can't do that today, to your point, because it's all done through disjointed networks. Nobody's talking right. to each other. And so bad actors can slip in unnoticed, double broker, and then leave, and they're, you know, they're free and clear. And that's terrible, not only for the efficiencies of the market, for, but for the trust and for new players to enter the market cleanly. So attestation, the, the fact that you guys have found this and can provide this benefit to the freight uh, industry Phenomenal. Absolutely. Just continue to demonstrate and show the world what this technology can do and how 
it's going to impact everything for the better. Brilliant. So double brokering is not a new issue. It's an issue mm -hmm. that's been around since freight has existed. It's mm -hmm. always been around. However, it becomes more of a hot topic when there's margin compression in the freight industry. And right now we're in a highly compressed margin situation in freight. Um, so you're starting to hear it spoken about more and more and more. So it's a very hot topic now, but it's important to not lose track of it. So when the margins do expand, it's important to understand that double brokering is just as it's rampant when the margins it. are yeah. thick as they are now when the margins are small. It's still there. It still needs to be fixed. Yes. And, and I totally hear you that double brokering has been around forever. And I think that that's a great example of we don't have to go hunting for these problems to, to fix with blockchain. That They've been there for a long time. And we just have to go ask the industry experts or those uh, individuals who have been within these industries for a long time and say, what, what issue is the biggest issue that faces your market or your industry today? And then go back and look at the list of things that blockchain can do in terms of decentralized data storage, attestation, uh, removal of third-party vendors from transactions, all these different kind of use cases that blockchain provides and just say, hey, okay, here's this problem. Which one of these does uh, blockchain actually, which, which one of these benefits that blockchain provides can be aimed at this problem and how can we implement this architecture to solve it? And that goes for problems that have been around since before the industries even existed. Probably. Exactly. And another hot topic is broker transparency. A lot of carriers think that brokers make too much money on a per load basis, and they all have an idea of what the percentage should be for a broker. Um, and the carriers should make more money as they're doing the real work. And then the brokers will say, well, we inject liquidity into the market. We're finding customers. We're doing a lot more behind the scenes than you may think. Well, Bobby, there are bots on Twitter, like Watcher Guru, who are tracking large transactions that are happening on chain, and they're owned mm -hmm. by third-party bots. They're not owned by Coinbase, although a lot of the transactions are money being sent to Coinbase or money being sent off Kraken. These centralized entities don't own the bots, but third parties are operating them. And at scale, there will be TCS bots on Twitter who are showing the origin of the freight and what the cost was and what the broker took. So there is really no better technology than blockchain technology to also fix the broker transparency topic. Absolutely. And, and the, the one thing that I would say is the adoption of that is difficult because I, I can I can see a world where I'm, I'm sure this is true, where brokers don't want to, they, they currently don't want to let the world know how much they're charging, but the free market, they do I'm a not want to know. Right, right. But I'm a big believer that the free market will always prevail and the free market will reward those who are trustworthy. And the best way to be trustworthy is to be upfront. And the best way to be upfront today in a digital world is to use blockchain because it's undisputable, right? It's a, it's, a, it's a ledger that everybody has vision into where there are multiple copies and all those copies agree. I have full trust in that system. And now the brokers who sign up for this and who are... Um, being more transparent are going to get more business because that's that's just more trustworthy. I'm going to take my business to somebody who's willing to show me their records versus somebody who's not. So while the adoption is going to be slow, it's going to be difficult because of, I don't want to show you, I don't want to show you, but it will happen over time. And there, I, I personally, this is my personal opinion, believe that the free market will win out and that business will be driven towards those who are willing to share and be upfront 
with what they're actually doing. I tend to agree as well. Transportation folks in general are just very, very high friction to change. Oh, sure. Because they just feel as if they've gotten the raw end of the deal for generations. And maybe they have. That said, I do also believe the free market will win. And providing technology that doesn't take away, technology that gives yeah. is something that is important. So, for example, the last technology that was enforced on truck drivers was been the ELD mandate. So basically now you're tracked in your truck. You have an electronic log device that connects to its power directly to your engine. Basically, it turns on as soon as that truck is on. At any time, if you get pulled over, the cop will ask for your log and they can see exactly where you started, where you are. Are you past your 14 hour uh, deadline? Now, that said, the ELD was designed, designed, depends who you ask, uh, designed to make road safety better. However, you can argue that it's actually done the contrary because now you have folks who are rushing mm. and can't get to a place where they can comfortably park a 53-foot trailer on the 14-hour watch. If they're coming out of New Jersey and they're going to make it 14 hours south, it's very difficult to know exactly where you're going to be in 14 hours. Whereas if the driver knows that they have a comfortable place, they can stop in, uh, I don't know, Atlanta, Georgia, but it's another 25 minutes away and they're at their time. Well, they're in trouble. So that's technology that from a driver's perspective has taken something away from them. Another technology that's been enforced on drivers recently is one called diesel exhaust fluid. And it was federally mandated in 2011. If you ever drive past a truck and see the blue cap that's next to the larger diesel tank, mm. it's a critical fluid. And what I mean by that is the truck will not operate without this fluid. And it's designed, and you can argue it works. I would argue it works, but I'm biased because I sell it at my company. But it makes the trucks have less emission. It basically mm. is an emission conditioner. Cool. But it's a technology that's taken away from the driver because it's expensive and the truck won't operate without it. And it's something else in the truck to break. TCS is giving something back to the trucker. We are taking away the settlement fee that you're paying for freight factoring currently. So it's important to distinguish that previous technologies that have been offered or forced to drivers are actually taking out of their pocket whereas TCS is injecting money into their pocket and making their business easier to operate and giving them more money to maintain their trucks better, maybe giving a company more money to pay their drivers better, giving them more money to make sure you have the newest tires and the newest trucks. That's how you drive safety. You drive safety by actually letting the truck drivers make more money. So having tech that actually supplements, whether it be relationships or factoring fees or settlement fees is really important. And that's the important distinguishment between TCS and other previous technologies that have been pushed on drivers. A hundred percent and, and agree with all of that. And the one thing that I would add to that is the technology that TCS provides isn't something that's difficult to implement or to use or even it, known to be used, right? Like it's so easy. It's, it's, you're doing business the same way you've been doing business before. It's just now you're interacting with TCS. 
and you don't even know that you're interacting with the blockchain. Is that is that correct? Is that is my so you'll know you're interacting with the blockchain in regards to you need to sign up for an exchange. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't want to go through an exchange, you can go through Uniswap. There will be liquidity on Uniswap to buy the TCS token back off the um, off the carrier. But that requires you to have a hot wallet. That requires you to know how to interact with Uniswap or third-party DApps in a safe way. So there is admittedly a little bit of friction when it comes to that side of things. That said, we are working with exchanges that are uh, US KYC to make it considerably easier, who will have an all-in-one wallet directly in that phone application. Yeah, so that's important and that will make it easier. Um, That said, these are problems that any blockchain-based company has. Um, so we're not unique in that sense. And, and that's why I mentioned earlier, I was interested to hear what you were saying about the bounty coffee shop uh, deal, because although I also love Ethereum, I do not think it's the easiest blockchain Duh. for a consumer to no. use. Yeah. Um, if I needed to basically have someone who's never used blockchain technology before interact with something on their phone, I would point them towards Solana. Now, you could argue it's not the most decentralized. You could argue it's it's hooked up with Alameda and FTX and has a lot of FUD around it. Um, whatever. I won't really go down that rabbit hole. But there are easier blockchains to use than others. Um, that said, I think the, basically developers working around Ethereum are building terrific ways to make it easier for people. And there needs to be a time where you don't even know you're interacting on the blockchain, right? It just happens to be having on the blockchain. And that, and that's where all of this can really get to scale is when a driver is settling on TCS and they don't even know what's happening in the background. And, and, and CEO Todd Ziegler of TCS talks a lot about this is nobody really cares what's happening or understands no. to know what's happening when you go to Starbucks and use your credit card, no. right? But we're still in a phase in digital assets where you need to really manually interact with the wallet and contracts. So a centralized exchange will make that easier for us. And and we'll be happy to announce a centralized exchange in the near future. But yeah, at this point, you still need to interact with with some dApps, but we are getting to a point where it'll be very, very seamless. That, that's awesome to hear, and and I have no doubt about that. I mean, if we look at where we are today, looking at traditional finance with Venmo or PayPal or any of these other kind of seamless things that we can use on their phone, it took a long time to get there, right? Like, it, it was clunky when that stuff first came out. There were a lot of things you had to click. It's the same deal right now with cryptocurrencies and decentralized exchanges, and it's so early in uh, what these things are doing the technology is there it for sure works but the next thing now to bolt on top of that is the beautiful user experience where i click a button my settlement transacts and i'm done i'm free and clear and that's coming very rapidly i think a lot of focus today on the development side of things when it comes to DeFi and when it comes to actually transacting with cryptocurrencies is aimed at give me that beautiful user interface where I don't even have any clue that I'm touching a blockchain. I'm just getting my payments and I'm free and clear. And that is going to be a beautiful world. And, and we're very close to it. I, I truly believe that we're going to see. Totally that. agree. There are really cool applications that have spun up in the last few months. Yeah. And, and that's when you're going to start to see like the next phase of a bull cycle ideally come in. I know we all want that if we're involved in digital assets, uh, but we're starting to see 
really, really elegant applications. One of the coolest ones I've seen lately, Bobby, is called Unibot. Are you familiar with Unibot? No, I am not. Unibot's very cool. It's basically a blockchain technology that is hooked up to a Telegram front end. So you can interact with Telegram to basically perform swaps on Uniswap or any other blockchain for you. Holy so instead of, instead of having to go through and set up your wallet, set up your wallet one time. So you have to be a relatively sophisticated user, but then you can just basically prompt on Unibot say, Hey, let me know if ETH is $1,750. If ETH hits $715, please set in a buy order for this amount wow. and fund this amount for my wallet. So it's basically building a front end using technology that we're already comfortable working with, which is Telegram, right? Um, which is one of the largest social media applications in the world. So we're starting to see really nice seamless applications for cool. this technology. And it's, it's really gotten me excited because it's just so much different than what we're used to. That's awesome. I, I need to look into Unibot more. I, I, I must admit that my focus is so solely on the real world applications that I'm kind of turning my back towards, which is a mistake, I think, because that's where the innovation is okay. in terms of the, the cryptocurrency side of things. That's where the developers are in terms of actually building um, beautiful interfaces and, and usable technology. I should I should turn my my eyes back towards there every now and then. So I appreciate that, Dominic. I'm absolutely looking into uh, Unibot. Very cool. Yeah, of course. There are really cool applications that are just making it easier for people to use them. Um, now that said, as far as like PayPal, right? PayPal now has a stable coin. Um, mm -hmm. I've been kind of banging my hand on the table for years and saying that. PayPal's always had a stable coin. The, the dollars in your PayPal wallet are not necessarily um, retrievable for one US dollar in cash. They're basically just a slush fund of dollars swinging back and forth. And then in your, your PayPal wallet or your Venmo wallet, you're just seeing a synthetic dollar representation of something that you can have or you can send or you can withdraw to a KYC bank account, it's really no different than an exchange. And I've been arguing that PayPal has been a stable coin issuer for <laughs> since their since their beginning stages. Yeah. Yeah. Just so that's kind of where we are earlier in the, you know, earlier you're mentioning like where we are in the future of regulation and where we are. Um, we're definitely starting to see some good tailwinds, um, better tailwinds as far as regulation. We've been in the last couple of years have just been loaded with um, fear um, but, you know, I do believe the light is at the end of the tunnel and the best way to get there is to show the greater media and the greater sort of economy and the greater consensus of people, real world applications that this can actually be used for. Yes. And, and that actually, if, if you don't mind, is a great uh, just kind of plug for something that I've started over the past, I would say, two months at this point through Ethereum Chicago. I've been able to knock on the doors of not only uh, traditional businesses who I believe could benefit from this technology, but also on companies such as TCS who are already doing it. And so, and, and I feel like you guys don't get the proper media attention that you deserve. If you go to Coindesk, if you go to Blockworks, if you go to, and, and this is not a slight against these companies, they do a great job of talking about the technology and the uh, financial applications of this technology but there is no focus on freight or 
um, uh, social media content or life sciences and healthcare or digital identity, all of these different industries that are actively being impacted by blockchain that I have started and I, have, I feel that this, a, a new media company is needed and we're called Block Adopt. So if you're interested in learning about more use cases, more real world use cases of how blockchain is actually being uh, utilized today, check out blockadopt.xyz. We just launched, we're really focused on providing uh, case studies of this is a company that's taking blockchain. Here's what they're doing with it. Here are the challenges they are facing. Here are the solutions they are providing. And here's why we believe they will win or fail in the long run. And that database that we're collating hopefully will be a good centralized location of uh, use cases for, oh, okay, I run a, a supply chain logistics company. I see what TCS is doing. Let me go talk to TCS. That actually might be a helpful benefit to me. Uh, right. That's what we're trying to do with Block and Not. That's so useful and it's so true. A lot of these publications are just posting whatever will get the most clicks and yeah. freight may not be that. So it's it's really uh, amicable and really cool that you guys which, are building. Which is crazy because it's it's a it's a trillion dollar industry. Like that's that, <laughs> I know. that gets me interested. Doesn't it get you interested? You know what I'm saying? Like they're, they're, that's a real use case that's actually being applied right. to a huge industry. That's amazing. Right. It's a shame, but that 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 that's how the journalists work. But um, yes. that's awesome that looking to solve that problem and it really is needed. Well, uh, Bobby, this has been fantastic. We've covered so many different topics. Um, we covered a lot about East Chicago too, which is fantastic. Uh, we are looking to drive as much transportation folks to East Chicago as we can for not only this panel, but to just meet folks around the blockchain space that they wouldn't otherwise meet and learn things about blockchain that they wouldn't otherwise learn about. But all that said, is there anything else you want to leave us with? No, no. I think you, you, you summarized it beautifully. This was an awesome conversation, Dominic. I cannot thank you enough. The, the one thing I would say is if you are in the freight industry and you are in the Chicago area from September 15th, 16th, and 17th, yes, the TCS panel is absolutely a must-see. But to Dominic's point, there's going to be a lot of other good talks about this thing that's going to impact you in, in your industry. Absolutely. But in all industries, and I think it's worth your time, I, obviously my own personal opinion here, but to, to understand and see how is it actually touching healthcare, how is it actually going to touch uh, voting, for example, all of that is going to be covered and more at East Chicago. So if you're in the area, hit us up. We're on Telegram. We're on Twitter, East Chicago. We're, we have a website, eastchicago.xyz. Check us out. Please, please, please come by. We'd love to see you. Awesome, Bobby. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dominic. Most of the cats you meet on the street, they get cooler. Most of the time, they're sitting and crying at home. One of these days, they know they better be going. Out of the door and down to the pool alone. Truck it on, like the new dog. Play your hand. Sometimes the cards are worth the time.